guys and welcome to the second episode of the How to Hustle Harder podcast. My name is Sean McHale from hustleheartercoaching.com.au and would love to welcome you to today's uh, podcast on uh, fitness trackers. Looking forward to this one. It's going to be great. Hopefully a short one, not too long. Um, so each of these episodes will cover a new topic that is commonly asked, controversial, or just needs a little bit more clarity around the subject. Last week's topic was on what does it mean to hustle harder and what does it mean to you to hustle harder so i hope you're commenting uh or just leaving a message uh on your take on that so just a little quick disclaimer i myself hold a uh, bachelor of exercise and sports science however much of what i say and talk about should only be accepted as general advice so without further ado let's get started into this episode on fitness trackers so I'll start with a short quote by one of my favorite authors, Mr. Tim Ferriss, who wrote uh, The 4-Hour Workweek and The Tribe of Mentors. A few of you might be familiar with him. Uh, his quote, short and simple, technology is an excellent tool and a terrible master. So I'd like to welcome you guys to the wearables revolution. There is no doubt that wearables have made their way onto the wrists of more and more people over the last two years. An Ericsson Consumer Lab report mentioned that sales of wearables doubled in the period of 2016 to 2017. One survey reported that 79% of people felt pressure to hit their daily target, while 59% said they felt it controlled their daily routines, and 30% viewed it as the enemy. With a sudden increase in constant body monitoring, it's safe to say we've introduced a new source of stress and associated with the very activity that aims to relax and calm us. Very strange. Physical exertion is almost completely removed out of their daily lives, a gap that we try to fill with technology-dictated exercise. As tech availability and our use of it or dependability on it increases, our physical activity gradually reduces, leading us to a very real and nearing like Wally-like future, if you've ever seen the movie. So where are we now? We're at a point where there is a common push for everyone to take 10,000 steps a day at minimum to only meet the daily movement requirements as outlined by the Australian Physical Activity Guidelines or APA Guidelines, which should be pretty consistent across the world. We have seen an exponential increase in smartwatches, trackers, wearables, and smarter phones, really which seem to promise insight, knowledge, and freedom. Instead, they deliver us to information overload, confusion, and servitude to a device that dictates our minimal movement requirements. I believe the general population has reached a point where we are outsourcing our independence and we risk creating a dangerous addiction that can limit our natural movement and cause physical and emotional havoc on our bodies and mind. So why is overdependence on fitness tech a problem though? Well, rather than listen intuitively to the innate instincts that our body provides us as feedback mechanisms, we've somewhat shifted to a semi-conscious control over activity levels and outsourced our decision-making to wearable tech that is often wildly inaccurate and a lot of people just don't understand this and um, blindly giving their decision-making to their wristband. Some have even gone as far to claim that their wearable consistently relayed inaccurate heart rates, which led to a few 
to file lawsuits against the company who manufactured the trackers. Can you believe that? But on the plus side, for those who wish to improve and transform their current sedentary behavior and need to that initial kick or motivation, then wearables have a remarkable place in society. I do believe that's the flip side of the coin there. They provide the perfect source of accountability to meet the minimum or daily requirements which are abandoned in the daily lifestyle prior. Ho ho, but there is a slippery slope of constant tracking that we are not taking into account. Very similar to the rush of endorphins such as dopamine after going for a run or getting that blood moving and busting a sweat after some vigorous exercise, we soon become quite, and I I use this term very loosely, addicted to the satisfaction or sense of pleasure we receive from the happy chemicals that are released as neurotransmitters. Dr. Susan Weincheck explains every time you look down to check your wearables stats, your brain gives you a little dopamine hit. You may not be aware of this, but it is happening. This is also experienced when we receive a short text or or a social platform notification which in turn releases another tiny little shot of dopamine to make you feel warm and fuzzy. This is great until you're finding that that wearable stats are not fulfilling your craving for the new trans- neurotransmitter to the same degree anymore and you start to stress because you're just not meeting those outlined goals of your Fitbit or Garmin tracker. So you may be one of the few people out there who's had a bit of thought about this uh, this area and thought maybe too much data versus not enough precise data is the issue here. I think people forget that the human body is an incredibly complex system of systems, whereby looking at just one data extraction from a single aspect of our biology, such as our heart rate, and using such to make generalized recommendations on how you should train your body is negligent and foolish at best. In one of my other jobs, I see so many people from literally every age demographic and fitness level seek to buy the fitness trackers with heart rate tracking, yet I can guarantee you that most of those who purchase a heart rate tracker, such as a Fitbit or a Garmin tracker bracelet, don't know how to incorporate their heart rate into that heart rate data into their training. So it's just pointless. They just want the latest and greatest in fitness tracking, and that's sometimes what it comes down to. So have you ever stopped to wonder if calorie expenditure measurements are accurate at all, at best? The entire fitness industry and dietary division within it are obsessed with calories in versus calories out. It's a common equation, which we're all, well, most of us are familiar with, where the outcome of that equation, whether positive or negative, indicates if we are in a calorie surplus or deficit to therefore gain or lose mass. I'll inform you that one side of that equation using a simple pedometer is not accurately measured we have somewhat failed to remember variables that manipulate the outcome of that equation, such as exercise-induced increase in metabolic rate or high muscle mass burns more energy or calories at rest. So next time, be cautious when using calories as a sole means to data of data to track for weight loss. We are all different and unique, far beyond the parameters of our body dimensions, gender, and age. Genetic makeup is what dictates our individuality. Nutrient or absorption is influenced by genetics, but also by the dosage of other substances within our body, as well as sleep, stress levels, and exertion in, rela- in relation to body mass. 
Hormonal balance and regulation is characterized by gender, sickness, and long and a long list of variables. So just to finish off, I'd like to leave a simple quote here. Just because we are measuring more data doesn't mean we have a greater understanding. Data is only knowledge that requires interpretation to be applicable. I hope you enjoyed this short podcast. Uh, my name is Sean McHale from hustleheartercoaching.com.au. Get in contact with us if you have any queries or have any questions at all, and I'd be happy to help. This is Sean signing off.